Welcome to the Flannel Philosophy, Finding Faith in the Ordinary. I'm your host, Brian Brooks. Thank you for joining me for Episode 7, which is Part 2 of a four-part series on relationships. The week of February 7 through 14 was National Marriage Week and concluded on Valentine's Day. Although this episode is published after those two special events, I am thrilled to have in the studio today my special guest, my Valentine, and my wife, Mary. Welcome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here, but I'm so nervous. Uh, is... <laughs> no need to be nervous. It's all good. We're just going to have a lot of fun today talking about okay. our faith. Now, I do appreciate you joining me for today's Flannel Philosophy as we talk about relationships. And I know when people hear the topic of relationships... They're going to be thinking of X's and O's and hearts and the connection between two people. And although we've been married for almost 25 years and together for 28 years, I am not ready to dish out any insight on how we have made it this long. Since I was in a lot of college debt when we met and my glasses were held together by paper clips and a rubber band, all I know is you did not marry me for money. I did not marry you for money. I married you for love. You are right. Um, I'm not sure I I have any insight into how we've lasted this long either, but I do plan on lasting for 50 or more years from from here on. Aw. Well, we'll (laughs) keep it a mystery for all of our wonderful listeners out there today. Well, I started the four-part series with Matthew. Now, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament and develops our relationship with Jesus. And as I mentioned in episode 6, Jesus developed relationships with those that many pushed away. In Matthew 9, verses 10 through 12, we find ourselves with Jesus at Matthew's house having dinner with sinners. Now, coming to the table is an essential part of the faith, especially how we celebrate the Eucharist. The idea of gathering around a table today to have family dinners can be very few and far between. So today, when we talk about faith in the ordinary, I kind of wanted to talk about the dinner table and, uh, you know, hear your thoughts and perspectives on what the dinner table has has meant to you and your faith. Um, I know the dinner table has been important in my life since a very young age. Um, when I was growing up in my house, the dinner with the four of us, myself, my dad, my mom, and my older brother was always the expectation. And we would wait until everyone was home from sports practices or um, work to make sure that that happened. And it went beyond just the holidays. It was an everyday thing. It meant we ate at varying times to be sure we could accommodate. The TV was never on, um, no distractions, and it was the time to just reconnect, laugh together, um, and be together, build that bond. Um, sometimes we would even have family fondue nights. Remember, this was the 80s, um, which meant dinner would be extended further. Um, we'd have even more time to just be together. We would sit there and be loud and crazy well past the time that the food was gone. And they were some of my favorite times as a child. I felt love, comfort, and joy, and such a strong connection to my older brother as well. 
So once we were married, I wanted to create the same feeling at our table. I love the feeling of peace that it brought me when we were all there. It felt a time when I could look around and just count my blessings um, and be grateful. So dinner happened when everyone was home. So dinner with toddlers was a circus, but it was still joyful. Always a circus. Yeah. <laughs> that dinner with our tweens sometimes became very silent. Uh, sometimes Because they weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> or they didn't like what we had just told them. True, very uh, true. Um, so it also, sometimes we were met with, this is gross, I don't want to eat this, uh, you know, whatever. But I still, even in those moments, look into Brian's eyes or my kids and felt grateful. And those times around our dinner table remain some of my favorite times. The joy and the peace I get from watching our two babies talk and laugh together or team up to try to come against Brian and I for something are when I see faith and family and church the most. It's during the dinners we've worked through some pretty deep moral discussions and philosophies. We've also solved many, many unimportant things in the world together. Um, but that, to me, is what brings us closer and closer to that understanding of church and love and Christ. It's where I experience my faith and the faith family the most. And family meaning what you create as family, family, friends, extended family, all of those things. I moved a lot when I was young. So the word family means so much more to me. Most times when we moved, the first thing we found was the church and we built our family around that church. Most of our friends or support network came from the church. So when we were around the Eucharistic table, we were family together. And that is one of the things for me that is always important to continue and support my faith. So when we were first married, yep. we found our first church of where we would be attending. And it was a really big, very vibrant church. And we loved how vibrant it was and all of the um, different experiences they offered to young families and young couples. But each week we went... We kind of looked around and, and didn't feel that connected family. We felt like two people going to church and then leaving from there. And I just craved more. We tried a smaller church. And the first week we went there, um, we were greeted by a woman who <laughs> literally came over and hugged us and said, I've never seen you here before. <laughs> and we both were so taken off guard that um, when we walked out later, we were like, that lady was crazy. Like, what was going on what, with that? What was she? What was wrong with her? And I'm not a hugger and i was a little bit scared i was scared what is she doing i am a hugger but i i was laughing when she was hugging brian but we felt so connected from that first moment we did come to learn that that was not a crazy lady that was a, a christian lady that was always always willing to she was real she was she was absolutely it. real yep like there was like one of those people i'm like is she like is this is this woman really for for real? Is someone that welcoming and that uh, sincere? And uh, 
you know, I know I've talked about trust before, but sometimes it's kind of hard to trust people that are just so open and welcoming with, with their faith. And um, it's kind of sad that I, I know we, I know I felt that way. We probably both kind of felt that way um, meeting someone like that. But well, what a beautiful woman. She did actually um, continued in our lives. She became a part of a prayer group that I was in, and she even guided us through some of our times of raising our kids, um, giving us some traditions that she celebrated celebrated as a Catholic around Christmas, around Easter, and um, really did continue to be a part of our faith journey. So I want to take it back, though, to our little round table in the middle of our kitchen right now. And um, there's usually a lot of crumbs. I think there was some glitter for a while glued to it. Um, Most likely there is a dirty dish or two, a coffee mug, some homework, a note we need to sign. So um, it still, though, is my favorite spot to be. It is my favorite spot to be surrounded by my family, my friends, my two kids. Um, It's what I asked for every year for my birthday. I just want the four of us around the table for an extended time. And for me, that's where our family exists and where God exists in our family. I think those are just wonderful perspectives of the importance of, of the table. And I know I was looking at this this recent poll that, you know, 62% of parents with children under 18 wish they had more family dinners. And I guess it's not surprising that so much of Jesus's conversations and connections happened around the table. And as we kind of approach this Easter season, that we know that he will gather his disciples around for one last supper. But, you know, talking about Matthew, that he welcomed everybody to the table and to have, again, when we talk about trust, um, to, to bring everybody together to, to hear their voice. And so often, I think we do take advantage of that as a family, that we don't take enough time to listen to the voices of the people that we live with and that we love to hear those uh, perspectives. Uh, I know we have a great time listening to our our son and daughter, and just to get those perspectives, they get to hear dad's uh, perspectives all the time. And then sometimes it's fascinating when the daughter comes out and shares this perspective, and it's like, eh, I think that might be just a little bit different than than dad's. And you know what? And that is fine. And we certainly do have some just some wonderful conversations around the down the table, and it just helps everybody to listen and that that perspective taking that I know. You know, when we go into the to the Bible and, you know, even in Matthew, you know, I did reference that Matthew 9, chapter 9, 10 through um, 12. You know, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, from a parent's perspective, the importance of gathering and listening is is so important to, to children. And I think when we talk about marriage, I think it's also an opportunity for us to, to listen to each other to see how we're doing. If you are sick... Right, you have the temperature check. Oh, how are you feeling today? Because you you notice that a little bit more. 
But it's all those mental uh, things that are going in your mind, those emotional troubles that we don't always get a chance to listen to if we don't take time. Now, for, for Jesus to sit down and, and talk to sinners and to tax collectors, an opportunity to say, what's on your mind? That's how you grow that, that relationship around that table, to, to celebrate the life that is happening now, you know, not later. Now, I think a lot of the, the memories, I, I can't have, a, I don't have a great memory like you do about childhood, but the, the memory, I do have a lot of memories about the table were related to church. I always remember we seemed to always be having a church event downstairs, and you always had those tablecloths that were easy to tear, um, and there was always some sort of dinner. I have no idea what the dinners were, but uh, potluck dinners seemed to always happen in the church, down in the in the hall, um, and even after church, we always used to go over to the rectory and donuts. Donuts were key. Absolutely. Um, Donut hour after church. And so I know one of your favorite stories, and I think you may talk about it at a different episode, I may rope you in for another one, is about the bread and loaves. Yes. But I think today it would be munchkins. I yeah. really think it would be donut <laughs> holes is what we would feed people with today. But again, the relationship of church and community, for some reason, it kind of always involves a table. Mm-hmm. And what a great way to find our faith in the ordinary is to take that time to come around that that table. And for us, for our family, it's that circular table mm-hmm. in our kitchen mm-hmm. that has glitter, crumbs, and but what that glitter and crumbs in those dirty dishes and homework, that's our story. Absolutely. That's that's the story of people to coming together and sharing what is happening in their daily lives. Mm-hmm. And there's been some tough conversations around those tables. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that when you were reading about um, them bringing in the lepers and bringing in the people that felt they weren't worthy. And I know sometimes we've gathered around the table and different people are upset with each other. And it's usually that round table and those conversations that happen um, because we all show value in each other. And we take the time to have those conversations around the table that then our faith gets stronger, our family can get stronger. Um, but those are, you talk about trust, those are tough conversations to have. But that table is what's bringing us together. And that belief in family and belief in our faith brings us to that table so that we can repair um, joyfully and openly um, what we feel we need to and listen to each other. And to recognize that we're all sinners, right? Mm-hmm. So every time we gather around the table, we are a table of sinners. I know that's crazy to think of. It's like, wait, no, I'm a good person. Absolutely. But you have to remember, you know, Jesus was the only perfect, you know, person in, in this world made it from God's uh, vision and of himself. So when we continue to go into this new year and we make those commitments, I want to thank you for joining me today, my lovely wife. And again, because this is going to be archived, we are approaching 25 years, 28 years altogether. And this lovely person next to me literally married me when she met me. And here's a little quick story for you to know. I know I wasn't going to talk about relationships. Is I used to wear contacts, but I was also a swimmer. And so I would have horrible problems with my eyes. And literally, I would have these backup pair of glasses that (laughs) I just didn't repair, except for rubber bands and paper clips. 
And because I was a swimmer at the time, I had a shaved head. <laughs> so let me tell you, I was I was not uh, Brad Pitt or uh, no Marky Mark. And uh, so, and again, I think our relationship continues to grow, not based on paper clips or rubber bands. That might be another it's need for an episode. Together. Oh my goodness, it is. It is flexible. Oh my gosh. So some things can be broken, but by a rubber band and paper clips, we can hold it together around a dinner table. All right, so we're getting really off track here at the end of this episode. But as always, I want to thank everybody for joining us, not me, us today for the seventh episode of the flannel philosophy and may we all go out in faith and peace and gather around our tables to listen and have conversations and remind ourselves that faith can be found in the ordinary in our everyday 